Hello and welcome to another episode of K-Botak, the podcast about Korean cinema and K-dramas. On this episode, we'll be seeing some old friends at the school reunion with The Glory. Have you ever wished you could get revenge on your high school bullies? Or ever seen a bunch of cruel and heartless kids victimising another more vulnerable child and thinking, what a bunch of little shits? Much like Taxi Driver and other trendy vigilante dramas from South Korea right now, this is a wish-fulfillment revenge saga. But it has as much in common with the gnarly Korean revenge thrillers of old by Park Chan-wook and Kim Ji-un. Evading the questionable morals of wishing justice on kids who abuse other kids, the show smartly ages everyone up to adults and then sets the revenge in motion with gusto. The glory is the delayed gratification school bullying revenge saga you've been waiting for. This is a show from Kim Eun-suk, who will be known for, uh, to fans of K-dramas, a list of extremely high-profile, very successful dramas, particularly in recent years, but all the way back to 2004, when she made Lovers in Paris and uh, went on to make uh, Descendants of the Sun in 2016, which was a huge crossover hit and I felt was a big part of me starting to hear people talk about K-dramas just all the time. Um, She also did recently Guardian the Lonely and Great God with Gong Yu, Mr. Sunshine, which I've covered on this podcast with uh, the amazing Kim Terry and Yi Byung-hun, and The King Eternal Monarch, uh, which uh, reunites her with Yi Min-ho. The cast for this includes Song Hye-kyo, who returns from Descendants of the Sun as Moon Dong-un, She is a homeroom teacher who was brutally bullied as a child and is now plotting her revenge. You've got Lee Do-hyun as Ju Yo-jong, who is a plastic surgeon who plays Go, is the love interest. Im Ji-on is Park Yeon-jin. This is the lead bully uh, during Dong-un's school days and she's now a very successful weather presenter with uh, a big house, a rich husband and a kid. She is also still very shallow and villainous. And the excellent Yom Heran as Kang Hyonnam. She is a domestic abuse victim and housekeeper who Dong Eun enlists to help her in her revenge. Um, and uh, Park Sung Hun as Chun Jae Jun, a colorblind rich boy who was also in the group of bullies. Um, other characters, uh, sort of side characters or among the group include Doyon, who is the husband of Yeonjin, uh, Hejong, an air stewardess who is on kind of the bottom of the hierarchy among the bullies, uh, Sarah, one of the bullies who is now a drug addict and artist, Myongo, who is this kind of lackey and dog's body for the bully uh, group, and Yesol, who is Yeonjin's daughter. 
this gives you, I think, just about the right size of cast um, for this show. Really, it's all about the impending uh, encounters between uh, Dong-un and uh, Yeonjin. Their confrontations really formed the, the, the most interesting, the most dramatic parts of the show, and everybody else kind of splinters out from them. Uh, Dong-un has led a very lonely life by necessity of spending all her time studying, planning, and putting things in motion for when she's going to start with this very complicated, very time-consuming uh, revenge plot. And uh, Yeonjin has just been kind of continuing to be awful. And uh, those things coming together is where you get a lot of the, the fireworks and where these actors, performers, get the chance to do a lot of good work. So I, I really like this show, and I like a lot about it, if you can't tell. So episode one gives you, and I'm not going to go through every episode in detail, but I think it's worth mentioning, episode one gives you all the setup. And it can be quite hard to watch. Um, some people were put off uh, by this first episode. There are very graphic scenes of uh, terrible and, and violent bullying and physical abuse and torment of this young girl by um, the people around her at her school. Mostly the other kids, but including um, great callousness and complete lack of caring from uh, the teacher. And so I think there's a bit of a trigger warning in effect for this uh, for this episode or a content warning. Um, it's uh, re really not easy to watch. It's very upsetting and it definitely gets you on the side of uh, Dongun. You, you want her to get her revenge after this. You think this, this woman now deserves to get her own back. It also made a huge impact on people who watched it. So there's been some stuff coming out in uh, in websites and the news about real life cases that it started to shed shed light on. Insider, among other outlets, even reported on the real-life case that this was based on. So, quote, in May 2006, a group of ninth-grade students at a middle school in Chongju, a Korean city south of Seoul, continuously extorted money from a classmate for about a month. Whenever the classmate was unable to meet the demands, the bullies would beat her with a baseball bat, physically kick and hit her, and burn her arms with a hot curling iron. And that uh, final thing is uh, key to the bullying that Dongan experiences as well. And she is, in fact, left with scars for the rest of her life um, that are always causing her to be uncomfortable and to be itchy because um, she has been burned with this curling iron over and over again um, when, she's, uh, when she's at school. It, it, it is unbelievably awful, and it actually happened. Um, but continuing the article... The popularity of the show has encouraged many victims of school bullying to come forward with their testimonies, even beyond South Korea, according to the Korea Times. Um, after the release of the show, Thai viewers started an online anti-bullying campaign with the hashtag TheGloryThai on social media. They noted that there were school bullying cases that went unseen and were revealed as a result, according to uh, Korea Times. So... Something good, at least, has come out of it. And it's pretty amazing, this ability of very incisive, um, socially conscious Korean entertainment to shed light on real things that have happened and injustices that have occurred and sometimes to open them back up as well. One of the most important examples being Silenced, um, starring Gong Yu, which uh, actually 
got some laws re-examined and eventually changed in South Korea. Um, so it's uh, it, it's another really uh, really incredible example of that. And uh, if it can stop some kids getting bullied or or at least shed light on on some of these cases and create a bit more defense for them, then uh, all the better. As for the show, like I say, you're definitely determined to root for Dongun after seeing this. You, there's no doubt in your mind as to who the, the good guy is in the show. Um, Kim Eun-suk has been uh, criticized for having characters that are ciphers or that are very straightforward or it's kind of too easy to um, to get a hold on them. But I think in a, in a case like this, her her method is applied perfectly because I, I don't want any kind of any ambiguity around this actually i think it's it's totally acceptable for this to just be a straight case of good versus evil and for these bullies to be as um as vile and as socially unacceptable and and as toxic as as they're portrayed and and so i think this is kim really doing her thing and uh in the right context so you go into episode two and the following episodes ready to see these people get what's coming to them i also think it's very satisfying how she's setting up her revenge because of the detail this is a very ocd friendly show dongun has really thought of everything and she's worked every waking moment to get exactly where she is now um she has just got everything she's anticipated everything that these that these women can do to defend themselves um she manages to become the homeroom teacher to yonjin's kid uh which immediately creates this very interesting dynamic and also questions of morality because you're thinking is she going to use this kid in her revenge now she was a kid who was abused but you don't then turn around and um, use someone else's uh, kid against them or put them in danger Uh, but she basically creates a kind of a hostage situation where because she is in close proximity to Yesol all the time Yeonjin feels like she can't really do anything to her um, she can't respond to what Dongin is is doing her, and she does uh, quickly find out that um, Dongin is in play, and uh, there's a, a revenge plan afoot. And it quickly becomes clear that people are about to start getting hurt. The show doesn't pull punches. This isn't just taking a skin deep kind of approximation of a proper old uh, Korean revenge movie. Um, this does actually. Uh, this does actually go all the way. It doesn't pull the punches. And uh, Dongun does start arranging for people to get into some pretty dangerous situations and pretty tricky situations. Song Koa, I think, uh, really starts to, to shine as soon as she starts getting uh, this amount of focus into the second episode. Um, she's brilliant in this. I think she plays a, a calm, cold, calculating person who doesn't really smile, uh, often doesn't emote, uh, in a very big way, and in K dramas, obviously we um, we're quite used to seeing people emote in a very big way and very excessively on screen. She goes totally the other direction with it, and um, I think very good despite that very nuanced pre- performance. Um, the bullies are suitably disgusting, um, played as up and up panto villains a lot of the time with. Um, uh, by some very game actors. Uh, another thing that I really like in South Korean cinema and drama is these kind of zero ego actors, or what appear to be zero ego actors. They they don't seem fussy about what roles they take. You don't get the impression that they're um, 
only taking on certain roles like the same actor will play a, a serial killer, a horrible rich person, um, uh, uh, or whatever it is in the same year that people are um, thirsting after them because they're the you know the most beautiful person in a you know rom com. So I really like that, and I think it gives you so much of an opportunity to to see actors that you wouldn't normally if they were only sticking to one particular one particular beat or or they wouldn't move off their turf so really like all of these actors and what they're doing um they're easy to easy to hate so they're they're doing their job with these um performances um episode three onwards introduces hunnam a really brilliant performance by young heran you'll probably have seen her in other stuff she often pops up in supporting roles and this because you get to spend lots of time with her in this it's not a movie it's you know you've got eight hours of it out and, and eight more hours coming um you i realize that she really represents working class people in the role she takes in a way that all these kind of stunning leads might not necessarily when you look at them um and uh it's you know whoever but but then you see them on um on some kind of a, a product or or a instant coffee packet when you're in the shop, um, and you know that really these these are kind of these, these huge um, limelight celebrities, um, but she Young Heran has enough age now and and the look and kind of spirit in her that really represents ordinary working class people, and and I really loved uh, what she was doing in this. She's got so much presence and pathos, um, just her face can tell you so much about what the character is feeling and thinking and she can go from like a, a nervously trying to make light of a situation to being really uh, very panicked or very sad um so much i think that's just brilliant acting you know i think you could put this woman on a scene and just give her no dialogue and yet you'd still be looking at her because um yeah, it's just so so good. So I think this is a really a really good um, exhibition of that talent, and uh, I think that's always uh, always such a treat when you see a supporting actor get a lot more space and a lot more oxygen to do their thing. Um, so and the show itself really picks up the pace from that point with Dongun and Hunnam uh, surveilling, manipulating, and ultimately trapping their targets. Um, like I implied earlier, Dongan reveals herself and her plans for vengeance pretty early on with a supreme theatricality and uh, these these very florid promises of doom to Yunjin. She says things to her like, we're going to die together, Yunjin. I'm so excited for us. Um, I really liked all of that kind of melodramatic, uh, super silly, but very effective um, language. I, I really... I loved those moments and how she revealed herself. It's very campy. Um, but then it, it sets up a really excellent dynamic. So I thought this would be more covert and she'd be avoid, avoiding exposure. Um, so I wasn't sure, like, oh, is she actually going to say what she's up to? But it creates this very antagonistic um, sort of dynamic for the show where they're confronting each other repeatedly and you get to see Yunjin kind of fray and, and really start to spiral as she sees her perfect artificial life around her beginning to be threatened so um, I think that was a very good creative decision uh, to have that that crucial reveal early on um, 
you've got some good Go content in this if you like your Go, which is um, a strategy game played with um, small black and white pieces. This is what Dongan is learning to uh, get close to Yonjin's hubby. Um, works well. Uh, everything that she's doing, you, you really want her to win. Um, and the show understands that, you know, like um, you see her tightening the net and having these little victories, which are always highlights whenever she gets one over on um, on the bullies. And like Taxi Driver, um, the show from a couple of years ago that has recently come back for a season two, the series understands that what you're here for is the catharsis. Um, you're not coming in to be told that, oh, maybe the bullies turned into good people or, you know, maybe it's uh, six of one and half a dozen of the other. Like, you don't want that. Um, so so much in, in the world is about sitting on the fence or um, uh, w- walking on both sides of the line or, or whatever. And this kind of like ex- escapist, um, fantastical, soap opera type drama television, um, you just want to see like somebody get their own back yeah i i love this uh, i love where it's going the only thing i'm not super into is uh, is the rich kid who teaches her go he's um he's a plastic surgeon or something he's got all this money out of nowhere to open up a, a practice um when he decides and uh, maybe he's going to um come into part two uh, a bit more but I, he doesn't really seem to add anything or, or have much depth to him in uh, in the show um, I've got to be careful what I say here because I'm sure he's got um, lots of fans who'll come after me if they find out that I'm that I'm not praising this performance and saying he's the best thing in the show. But um, just to to give an honest critical opinion, I, I thought it seemed like they just wanted to have a love interest, um, but then didn't have anything for that love interest to do. So they just sort of chucked him in, and he turns up and smiles wistfully every now and again, and that's about it. So um, yeah, when, whenever. Uh, whenever it gets onto that stuff it seems a bit like the show is spinning its wheels but everything else really good Uh, the music is apt it's very symphonic and melodramatic particularly I just watched the the teaser for part two of this the the next eight episodes and that did sound straight off something like a a Lady Vengeance um, Cho Jung-wook style orchestras um, and just all of the production values, as expected with a series from this creator, are um, are amazing. Um, not that she's produced it, but I mean, her work always gets this very decent chunk of money behind it. So, yeah, um, absolutely loving it. Um, and again, the staggered release. I'm a big fan of these part one, part two drops. Um, I, uh, I can actually keep up. Uh, I was uh, at the point that I was watching this and Big Bet, I was on top of not one but two K drums, which is a very rare, very, very rare occurrence. So um I'm liking this new approach by the streaming companies. Um so yeah, we're we're getting more of this. Um it seems to have been a hit, seems to have had a real impact with some of the attention that it's that it's um pointed towards real life cases. Um it's a really great melodramatic uh kind of vigilante revenge um wish fulfillment series and you know with those caveats of the first episode being very very bleak and uh all the stuff about um it basically being a a pretty intense revenge thriller um like a lot of the the great movies out there uh, i really recommend this song Heko, uh totally fantastic and uh, can't wait to see the rest of it so yeah the glory Big recommendation.
Meanwhile, uh, there are lots of other episodes of the KBotek podcast that you can listen to, including uh, Mr. Sunshine, as mentioned, um, the films of Park Chan-wook, such as uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, uh, Old Boy, and Lady Vengeance, some of the other revenge thrillers like I Saw the Devil. So those are all there. So if you're um, feeling extra vengeful after watching this, then there's plenty else out there that you can uh, you can check out via review on the podcast. And uh, you can also write in to kdramapod at gmail.com and get in touch with us on Twitter at, uh, at kbotakpod, that's K-B-O-T-A-K-P-O-D, uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Would love to chat to you um, on any of those platforms. Thanks so much for listening. Cheers. Sometimes the forest gives me the realize You have to be strong Would you think I'm real enough To hold a beers Feel, take a deep breath Listen to the fire